Have you made camping resolutions for 2019? Do you want to camp more, pay less, and get out the door with less hassle? Well, you're not alone. I'm giving practical advice to the online resolutions made by girl campers. We're digging up some old shows, sharing the wisdom of fellow girl campers, and setting a course for copious camping in 2019. Stay tuned for episode 155 of Girl Camper, the podcast. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Today's episode is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 12 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing sponsorship are our friends at Kemco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And of course, Liberty Outdoors, manufacturers of the award-winning Max and Mini Max travel trailers. Thank you, Girl Camper Sponsors, for allowing me to bring great RV content to outdoor enthusiasts everywhere. Welcome, everyone. I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster. And we are back from sabbatical and jumping into our new season at the Girl Camper Podcast. It's really hard to believe that we're on episode 155 and that I still get excited each week to do the show. Now, you may have noticed that our format is different here. Since our theme for this year is transforming, I'm transforming the podcast too. I'm streamlining in all areas of my life. I'm decluttering the closets and the show. I'm shortening the show so people can get in on their way to work and adventure and asking you to go over to our other outlets for all of the details. So everything I always talk about here is over on girlcamper.com. So those who want more details can go there and get them. And I got to tell you, I feel lighter already. So we have got some news to round up today, and I'm getting right into it. So wonderful world of Waxahachie, wonderful women in Waxahachie 3, signups are ongoing, and there's a Facebook page there, so go ahead over and check that out. We, um, I think we're up to 50 people signed up so far, and we have room for 80 um, campers right up there on the lot. So we still have room. There's still time to get in there. The Camper College at the Wonderful Women of Waxahachie is now available for signups. We had a little snafu with that thing, but it's all fixed now. And it's on the events section of the Girl Camper Podcast Facebook page. So 
that event is open to anyone. So even if you're not coming out to Texas to camp with us for that weekend, but you want to come for the day and attend the Camper College, that's going to take place on our Friday. Uh, I think it's April 25th or 26th, whatever the Friday is. And Anybody can go for that, but there is a sign-up and there is a separate fee. We're just blessed to have these professionals come out and give this tutorial to us. It's one of the things I have been really wanting to add to this event, and it's finally happening. And I thank Stephanie Hansen for coming on board to do this for us. So the sign-up is there. It's on the Girl Camper Podcast Facebook page under events, and you have to pay in advance for that. Stephanie has to pay her team. we got professionals coming out here. Now, lastly, our annual Camper College at Setzer's World of Camping has been posted as well. That's all happening the weekend of March 29th through 31st. It's a Friday to Sunday, but you know how we are. There's a bunch of us coming on Thursday night because we're going to drive all the way there. And we just really want to have time to visit and have as much fun as possible. So if you want to come on Thursday night, we're not standing on ceremony. Come out and join us and we'll we'll get the campfire going early. So that's happening and we're making a weekend of it. We're going to be staying at the Foxfire KOA where we have been every year now. And it's a fantastic KOA and we really love it. They have great cabins there. All the details about this event are again on the Facebook under events. So go there and take a look at it. We are going to be gathering there on Friday night over at that KOA, but then on Saturday morning is when our camper college is going to take place. So again, you don't have to camp with us in order to attend the camper college. That's open to anyone. Camper college is free to anyone. And I want to thank Lynn Butler at Setzers for hosting us again. Lynn has been such a cheerleader for the girl campers. And I got to tell you, I get more than just a little bit of a charge out of the fact that Lynn Butler is a solo a woman owner of this um, dealership. She not inherited it, but purchased this dealership, which was owned by her mother. Lynn's husband is a dentist. He has nothing to do with her business. He fixes teeth. She gets people out the door in campers. So I, I just love that. We're supporting her and she is supporting us. And Setzer's is just a great dealership. It's small, but it's mighty. They carry towables, fifth wheels, motorhomes. They've got always about 150 new and used models on the floor at any time. They are the first time buyer's dealership and they serve not only West Virginia, but Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee as well. It's just been such a privilege to work with them through the years, and I can't wait to get there in March and check out all the new inventory myself. So you can visit Setzer's site by going to setzersrv.com or just follow the link over at girlcamper.com. But I hope you will come out and join us for the Camper College, and maybe you can even stay a weekend and make it your first camp out of the season, late March. We're, we're getting in early this year. So that's what's happening here at the News Roundup at girlcamper.com. I'm going to be back in a minute, and we're going to be talking about camping resolutions. So many made them, but how many are going to keep them, and how can I help you keep them? Stay tuned. Campco has done it again. They've built a better mousetrap. They took their coolers and they made them even better. The new Keratuck coolers are out and they have some fantastic new features. They have a consistent wall thickness for up to 10 days of ice retention. They come in two sizes now. 
30 quart and 50 quart. The 30 quart holds 28 beverage cans and 18 pounds of ice, and the 50 quart holds up to 48 beverage cans and 30 pounds of ice. Each end on these coolers has two carry options, a molded handle that you can just slip your fingers under and pull, or the rope handle option. They also have, on each end of these coolers, a built-in bottle opener and a hose-ready drain fitting. So let's just say you're using this on your boat. You could put a hose on it and all the water that's melting in there, ice that's melting, drains right off your boat and you're not with a puddle somewhere in your boat or at your campsite. They have six tie-down straps around the cooler and they tie down in such a way that if it's all tied down on the back of your truck or whatever you're towing it around on, you can still open the cooler and get a beverage out of it. It also has an option to let you padlock it. Each cooler has storage trays to keep food cool and dry. They have additional accessories including a removable cutting board, cooler dividers, fishing rod holders and cup holders. It's a Camco product extraordinaire, and they're available at many fine retailers. Thank you, Camco. I can't wait to get out there with my new one. I got the gray and white one, and I'm going to be checking it out on my trip to Setzer's World of Camping when I go there in March. Thanks, Camco. Welcome back, everyone. It is still the season of resolutions and hopefully our five-part series um, with transformation expert Bob Thompson has helped you with whatever area you have vowed to improve in in 2019. I've already had to do the reset button once or twice on a few of my resolutions, but I've done it because we got some really great tools in that whole series and I hope you um, all listen to it. So this whole idea got me thinking about what kind of camping resolutions people are making, and there were lots of them. I posted it on our, our community site on Facebook, and I asked everybody, are you making any camping resolutions for 2019? So resolutions ranged from learning to back up, Dutch oven cook, boondock, and manage gas stations, pulling in and out of the gas station, that dreaded thing to purchasing a new tow vehicle and understanding solar power. So we're going to be digging into a lot of those subjects over the coming year. But for today, I'm going to give some tips and direction on the top six most noted resolutions. Now, this is one area where I feel qualified to give people my two cents. So let's start with number six. I thought it was funny that so many people wanted to go to more music festivals. So we did have people who say they want to go to more festivals and art things, but music festivals and camping go hand in hand. It's hot dogs and hamburgers. So I want to tell you something about music festivals. There's all kinds of stuff online about music festivals, so you're not going to have a hard time finding resources. I'll put one or two of them in the show notes, but a lot of those have to do with tent camping. REI had a really great um, little article on like everything you need to go to a music festival, including um, a comprehensive guide and a packing list. But these things had to do with tents. I want to bring your attention to um, a website called roadtripmojo.com. So these are two friends, Jeff and his friend Andy, and they are the guides to the Rockin' RV Arts and Music Festival camping experiences. They just love music festivals. They've got a great website going about it. I love their tagline, camping with a better playlist. (laughs) 
I thought that was so cute. And actually, I was just interviewed by Jeff, and Jeff is going to come on the show here. So down the line later in the spring, we're going to be bringing you all the 411 on um, road tripping to music festivals. But for now... All of you who made that resolution, I'm not going to keep you waiting. Go ahead and go on there and check out roadtripmojo.com. Number five. This this kind of struck me as a a funny one that so many people said this. They want to bring their dog camping. It seems like everybody I know already camps with their dog. So a couple things I want to tell you about that. Number one, we did an episode on this. So I said this, we're going to come back to some old episodes. So if you feel like digging through the archives, the simplest way to get to it, honestly, is how my mom does it. You just type in episode 39, Girl Camper Podcast in Google, and it's going to come up. And that was an episode I did about camping etiquette for girl campers with your dogs, camping etiquette for dog owners. My mom got knocked over by someone's dog when I took her camping with me, and the people didn't seem to think there was anything wrong with letting their giant dog run around the campground with no leash, bounding onto our site, knocking my mother over. We were able to catch her, and she didn't get hurt, but it just ticked me off. So I ended up doing an episode on that, but... In addition to just being thoughtful, picking up after your dog, if your dog is barking, not letting him bark, there are things for your own safety too and the safety of your dog. And whenever you're traveling with your dog, you should have all of your dog's medical records and copies of their vaccines and everything. Some people are very, very strict on this stuff. If your dog got away and for some reason and was picked up and put in a pound, you have to show all those things in order to get your dog back. So smart dog owners always have copies of those things in their glove compartment or with them. You should always have a way to secure your dog in your campsite. You sh- and, and not just one of those stakes that drives into the ground because I have seen them come out. Either the ground is super, super hard and it's hard to get that in the ground or it's super soft and the dog can pull it away. You can't always count on having a good tree on your campsite to lash around. I've seen a lot of people who will leash their dog to the bumper of the trailer or to the um, toe, the toe jack in front of your trailer. So think about how you're going to safely keep your dog on your site so it doesn't get away. Always bring extra towels and blankets when you're camping with the dog. If they find water, they're going to be in it. And if you're one of those people who only carries two towels, you're going to be sorry because your camper is going to be a mess. Always protect your dog from tick and heartworm. So even though you may have put the medicine on your dog, you want to make sure you check the dog for ticks and make sure everything gets off him. So all of you who made this resolution to camp with your dogs this year, keep some of these things in mind. Okay, number four, so many people said this, and I said it last year. (laughs) I was hardly cutting edge. Everybody's been doing it for decades, but boondock more. So I did the big boondocking. That was my whole goal last year, more boondocking, more camping off the grid, out of the way places, and I did an episode on that last summer, the big boondocking experiment. And it's all about saving water when you're boondocking, but there's so much more to it. So that was episode 135. I'm just going to put a link into the show notes so you can just click on that if you're reading the blog post that goes along with this. So that was fun, fun for me and fun to do the show. But there's 
all kinds of sites that you can search if you want to learn more about boondocking. One of them is boondocking.org. Another one that I really enjoy are wherethe-russos.com. They are traveling all over the country with some children and they free camp all over the place and they've written a lot of good articles about it. There are some great apps for boondocking, including one called Boondocking. There's also one called Free Roam. Um, There's also an app called U.S. Public Lands, where you can see all of the places. It has all the BLM lands. And then I, years ago, paid the $10 to get the All Stays app. It has absolutely every campsite in every state from the highest end luxury resort camping um, campgrounds to Walmart parking lots to um, Marine or Army um, centers where you can go. If you're a veteran, you can park there. Like I live by Fort Dix. If I were a veteran, I could camp there overnight. Every single way to camp is on the All Stays app. So that's always a great one. Another thing you can do if you're boondocking or you're just traveling and you're exhausted, you can't find a campsite, you can always go to the local visitor centers and just ask them, where can I um, stay overnight? And they'll tell you some place. Because even if you don't have a campground near you, it's in their best interest to make you make sure you're in a safe place. So you can always check with the visitor center. So For all of you who want to do more boondocking, there are some starting points. This is not a comprehensive show. This is just some starting points to get you going on here. So another one. This is number two. I really loved this one. Everybody has this. Everybody has this dream in their head. So number two was to outfit the trailer so it's just ready to roll. One of the reasons I wanted an RV to begin with is to make weekend camping simpler. I really wanted to be able to just open that door on a Friday, put my food in the refrigerator and take off. So in order to do that, I really had to seriously fit out that trailer. And I had to correct a few things that I was doing in order to do that. So when I got my new Max trailer two years ago, it was totally empty. And I was still using my vintage trailer. So I didn't really want to empty stuff out of that. I wanted to keep that trailer fully loaded and started from scratch with the Max. So my process for doing that was this. I downloaded from three different websites the complete list of camping equipment that you need. Now some of it was for tent campers, some of it was RV camping, and I worked off all three lists. So the first thing I did was I went through all the lists with a black fine line marker and I just drew a line through everything that I know I will never use on a camping trip. I don't need a tarp. I'm not in a tent. I don't need a tarp at my campground. I have an awning. I have a trailer. All those kinds of things that I was never going to use, I took off the list. And then I started meshing my list together and thinking about on that list, what are things that really don't fit my camping style? And I got rid of all of those things. Now then I added things that do fit my camping style that are not on most people's list, like my ice maker. (laughs) A lot of people do not carry an ice maker with them, if you can believe it. So I put those things on my list. So after I did that whole checklist and I put everything in all my drawers and cabinets and I really thought I had everything out there, I did the shakedown camp out. And I'm like, okay, 
two or three times I was out there and okay, you know what? I didn't have a little notebook to write things down. First thing I came across is I, I, I was missing something and I opened my drawer to get a notebook out to write it down. I didn't even have a notebook. So over the next two or three trips, I found little things that um, I didn't have in my trailer. So what ended up happening is I finally got to that place where I had everything in my trailer that I thought I needed. Still, I wasn't getting out the door on weekends the way I wanted to. It isn't just a question of whether or not everything is in your trailer that you need. In my mind, that's what it was. That's my problem. You know, I got to get everything in this trailer and stop pulling things from different trailers and trucks and and I have to outfit this trailer once and for all with everything and then I'll be able to go. But that wasn't true. There were still more things that I had to do and I did a podcast episode on simplifying weekend getaways, how to camp more often. And one of the things that I can remember about that show was that I had this bad habit of coming home on weekends, a pull-in on Sunday night with my trailer, and right away I would just unload that refrigerator, wipe it out, and then really leave the rest of the trailer as is. And then on Thursday night, I would be looking at the dirty sheets and the towels that I never brought in, and I never really wiped up that floor, and there was stuff still in the sink, a couple of dirty dishes, or there's always, I'm always cutting an apple at a rest stop, so there's always some moldy knife or something in the sink. So then I started, oh, well now I got to go out there and got to wash out those sheets. And so I came up with a new system for when I come home on Sunday nights. And I came up with a checklist of things to do during the week. And it's simple things. Um, I'm not going to recap the whole episode here. But if this is one of your things, you should go back and listen to episode 106. But one of the things I did was during the week when I made a big supper and I had leftovers, wrap those things right up and put them in foil packets and stick them in the freezer. Then I throw those things in my camper refrigerator on Friday when I'm taking off. And by the time I get to the campground and I'm all set up, those foil packets have defrosted and I throw them right on the campfire. I'm not messing around. I'm not stopping at supermarkets for food. I'm not eating something crappy because I ran out of steam. So that whole episode is chock full of ways to to make your camping simpler and how to um, keep your um, trailer completely outfitted and ready to go on weekends. Okay, number two. Somebody wrote in and said that they want to go on their first trip. It was actually somebody, it was a lot of people. A lot of people said, this is the year. They're finally gonna be a girl camper. Well, we have covered this topic so many times and I just wanna say out there, if you're still stuck, if you're still looking in the window, wanting to know how I'm gonna go there, I can just tell you this. You gotta just take the old Nike adage and just do it. So even if you don't have a trailer, there are girl camping trips posted all over the place. The mitten kittens, the getaway gals, the Florida floozies, all of it. We have groups here. The girl campers are planning trips all over the place. Everybody really goes out of their way to make sure that they are planning trips at places like a KOA or places with a cabin to rent. So people who are not yet trailer bound or maybe are never going to be can still go on those trips. So I think the first thing you gotta do is you just gotta get online, identify one, mark it out, make it a mission, 
and sign up. Call up, rent that cabin, get that space, and just go because there is no nirvana. There is no perfect time where everything is gonna fall together. The reality about life is you've got to make things happen. So if this is something that you've been talking about for years, I think you might be the problem. So I'm giving you the shove. Like if I'm your mom and I'm in the nest with you, I'm shoving you out because you've been perched on the edge of this nest for too long. So. I want to tell you, we're not going to let you fall. We're not going to let anybody step on you. Just get out there, pick a location, go to Setzer's World of Camping, come down there when we have our camp out. I don't think there's going to be more than four or five people actually camping in trailers in late March. A lot of people's trailers are still winterized. There's going to be most of the campers there are going to be in cabins. So go on, get out there. You can go to Outdoorsy, El Monte, uh, Cruise America, any one of these places you can post in your local Facebook marketplace. See if you can rent or borrow a camper from someone you know, or go old school and just get yourself a cheap tent and get out there and join everybody. Or take a page from our friend Vicki Hill and go car camping. Just make it happen. Just get out there and say, this is the year I'm going to do it. Okay, the number one thing, the thing that most people said was camp more. That was their um, resolution, that in 2019, they're gonna camp more. So I kept reading that over and over, and I'm like, but why aren't they camping? What's the problem? So I went back online and I said, okay, everybody who keeps saying I wanna camp more, why aren't you camping more? Tell me what the reasons are. So I'm gonna go through these reasons one by one. Probably each one of these reasons is a separate show in themselves, but I am just going to talk about some of these things on a kind of quick basis here. The number one thing that people said, the reason was for them not camping more was the cost. And you know what? It can get expensive and it all depends on where you're camping. So I wanna give you some ideas about how to cut down some of the costs of camping. Obviously, if you're gonna KOA it every weekend, you're gonna be able to do less camping. But let's talk about where you're camping. So state parks, obviously a lot cheaper than um, you know a concierge um, beautiful campground. You can go in and get the Harvest Host membership for $79 a year. So we did a show on Harvest Host. So many people joined Harvest Host. I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody's experience and posting that this year. But for $79, you get the annual thing, uh, annual membership, and you can stay at one of the Harvest Host wineries, farms, museums. They have some really over 600 places across the country, and they're adding them like crazy. You're only allowed to stay one night at a Harvest Host location, but here's the um, here's the real story here. Okay, so if you have a Harvest Host that's 40 minutes from your house and you just want to go down there on a Saturday night and you call ahead and they say, yes, you can come and I have a spot with you, what I am finding from conversations online that most of the people who are very friendly and obviously people who are running a Harvest Host location are friendly people. You're not gonna let people come on your property unless you're a people person to begin with. Most people say that when they ask the host if they can stay a second night, they're more than welcome and happy to let them do that. So it's just gonna depend on how crowded they are or what they have going on. So you can just do a Harvest Host. They 
ask you to buy a bottle of wine or something, but you're going to eat anyhow. So that's a win-win for everybody. Now, we also talked about this earlier with the boondocking. There's the BLM land. That's not so good out here in New Jersey. I looked it up. There's literally not one piece of BLM land in all of New Jersey. But if you're living out in the Midwest, in West, there's all kinds of land like that. Another thing you could do to consider uh, cutting down your cost is to think about whether or not you would be willing to do a seasonal site. Now, you're going to the same place every week, but seasonal sites are good for a couple of reasons. The trailer is there, it's set up. You can just get in your car and you can go there. The other thing is you can share the cost with a friend. So let's just say you have a trailer, but not that much time, and you have a friend who has no trailer but wants to do that, you can say to them, would you like to share the annual fee associated with this seasonal campsite with me and I'll have it the first and third weekend and you can have it the second and fourth. So consider a seasonal site. There's all kinds of great reasons you could do that. Now, another thing on cost is a book that someone made me aware of. It's called Camping, America's Guide to Free and Low-Cost Campgrounds. It's written by a man named Don Wright. It's $17.61 on Amazon. Every campsite listed in it is $20 a night or under. Now, you're not going to be getting free hookups and pools and jacuzzis and all of that stuff, but if you're like most of us and you just want to get out there on the weekend set your trailer up, get outside, pour yourself a nice, cool, tall drink, and light your campfire, you're not going to care. In fact, this is the kind of camping I'm more likely to want to do, something a little more remote. I've already raised my kids, so if I'm not camping next to a bunch of screaming kids, that's always a plus in my book. So that's another thing. You could order that book. It's under $20, and you'll get your money back in no time. Boondocking.org. Find cheap and free campsites on their sites. USCampgrounds.info, 13,000 public camping areas in the U.S. and Canada. If you go on that site, everything marked on that site with a white symbol is $12 a night or less. Last thing to talk about here is the discount clubs. Escapees, Passport America, Camp Club USA, Thousand Trails. There's all kinds of ways to spend um, less money on camping by joining these membership clubs. I'm going to come back to this topic later because there's so much to delve into here. I'm just giving an overview for people who made their resolutions here. So I'm really excited about all the ways in which you can save money there. Okay, so the number two reason people stated for not being able to get out and camp more was that they are caring for aging parents. I've been down this road and I know and I get it. And sometimes you're just stuck. I mean, that that's your station in life and that's where you are and, and God bless you. And you know, there's nothing more rewarding. I wouldn't give one minute back of the time I spent caring for my dad, but um, I understand your pain here. But here's a couple of ideas that um, I, I've seen many people do. So if your parents are able-bodied, maybe you could take them with you. I mean, it's a great treat for everybody. You know, you're getting out the door. You can be caring for them at home or you can be caring for them at the campground, but at least it's just a change of environment for everyone. So that's an idea there. I know that's not always possible because it just depends on the level of mobility everybody's parents have, but I took my 80-year-old mother a camping like two years ago when she had a blast. Another thing that helped us when we were in that situation in our own home with my mother-in-law who lived with us, 
um, my my husband's siblings were out of state. So even though they were very grateful for our care for her, they couldn't really physically do much to help us. But they, uh, my sister-in-law was very generous and she would give us a nice check every once in a while to say, why don't you guys treat yourself to some time away, bring in a caretaker, get someone to come over and watch mom and get out of Dodge for a little while. So maybe if you have siblings that could give you some relief in that way, pitch in helping from a distance by finding um, daycare for you or um, overnight um, respite for you, you might be able to get a little break from there. Okay. Number three, Annie said she has terrible anxiety about traveling alone. I think we covered this on a show as well, but I just want to recap a couple of things right here. I think what Annie was talking about is what many girl campers have said, and that is when I'm in the car by myself and I'm towing and my house in my neighborhood and my town and everything that is familiar to me is receding in the background, I begin to have a little panic and anxiety attack. Annie, I totally get it. Um, that happens to a lot of people. It's just a question of getting um, getting your sea legs here. It doesn't happen for very long. Once you got a couple of trips under your belt, you realize that, you know what? I made it and I'm okay and everything worked out great. But it is a little intimidating and scary when you're driving away from your home and you're on a stretch of highway that you don't really know where you are. So a couple of things that help out here, and that is to start by planning very short distance trips. Don't go more than two hours from home. In worst case scenario, someone in your own family can come and get you. Another thing that you can do is turn on your hands-free phone and talk to someone while you're driving. If you're on the highway and you're going 60 in the right-hand lane and everything's clear and dry, there's no reason you can't just catch up with someone on the phone and it keeps you from creating all kinds of scenarios in your mind and worrying about every truck that's coming up on your left-hand mirror there. So if you're comfortable doing that, you could just catch up with an old friend, chat on the phone, and it makes the time go by, keeps your anxiety down. For me, when years and years, many years ago, when I used to suffer from that anxiety, I actually have the opposite thing now. (laughs) I am anxious until I get out of here. Then I'm fine. If you can create a playlist that makes you happy. I know that when I get out the door, usually I'm I'm rushing and rushing and it takes me an hour or two to whoo, just get my breath about me. And if I just turn on a playlist, it usually keeps me focused on the music and I'm not thinking about, did I hear a noise? Did this happen? Did that happen? So Annie, I hope that helps you. Think about a couple of little tricks that might help you overcome that traveling anxiety. But once you get a couple of trips under your belt, you're going to be fine. Okay, the last one that people said is limited time off. So everybody has this problem. If you're working full time and you only have so much time for vacation, it's hard to get a lot of camping in because really by the time you get home from work on Friday and you get everything going, even if you use our system from episode 106, it's a lot of effort. So obviously you wanna stay close to home on those weekends away, but think about going to your employer and asking for summer hours. Ask them if you can add five hours a week now, work an extra hour every day in in exchange for pre-earned Fridays off over the summer. Now here's one more idea on that front, and that is, Let's just say you have two weeks vacation time like most people have 
instead of using one whole week back to back, Monday through Friday, you use five of those days off and attach them to Fridays or Mondays. And instead of a week off, you take um, five three-day weekends. That's a way for you to really extend that whole feeling that you were on vacation and that you're really enjoying yourself. So those are some of my tips on how to keep the cost and the um, aging parents and anxiety and travel, all the reasons that people have for what's preventing them from camping more. So that is our show for today, everyone. I want to thank our friends at Liberty Outdoors for sponsoring the show. It's been so fun working with them over and over. The Max trailer is still being um, raffled off. You have, uh, let me see if this is coming out on February 5th, you have about 10 more days, uh, no, nine more days to buy raffle tickets. The winner is being chosen on Valentine's Day. Thank you, Liberty Outdoors, for giving that trailer to the Hold You Foundation. You can go on girlcamper.com. There is a great little drop box that just comes down. It's only going to come down once. So if you exit off, it's not going to keep popping up in your face. And then you can buy tickets for that. We are a little over $30,000 right now for our $50,000 goal. So we've got a little more time to reach that goal. And I hope you'll all jump in. And thank you, Liberty Outdoors, for coming on board. That is a wrap for this week, everybody. Be sure to come over to girlcamper.com and check us out. Join us on our Facebook page, Girl Camper, and follow along with me on Instagram at girlcamper528. Happy trails, everybody.